All right, on today's episode of Locked on Avalanche, Team McKinnon is set. Are we happy with it? Are we disappointed in it? Does it really matter? Are we looking forward to this? And we will get to our midseason grades, which we will finish everything off with our defensemen and our goalie. Because there's really only been one that's been playing this year. New episode of Locked on Avalanche coming up. You're Locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Make sure you're following us on our social media outlets, LLP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter X. Locked on Avalanche on Instagram and threads, questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live, and make sure you are subscribed to our subtext as well. Link to that is in the show notes below because when you do, you chat with Kyle and I one on one, become a special insider, and we get your opinions on everything Avalanche, which we share on this very podcast. All right, sir. Um, Let's dive in here. We got uh, we got our midseason grades, which we'll get to we'll finish up a little bit later on. Uh, but it was NHL All Star Weekend Draft Night, and obviously we know Nathan McKinnon was one of the captains. Kale McCarr was his assistant captain with Tate McRae, and I can honestly say I've, I had, I have never heard of her before then, and that's not a knock on her. I just don't listen to that music. So I really didn't know who she was, uh, but it was fun. It was fun to, to that, I think that was a good idea to include some sort of celebrity just gives it a little bit of something because we know hockey players can be pretty dry. So bringing in some sort of celebrity, uh, some funny men, you know, musicians, I think that was the right thing to do. Give me your take. I don't know if you watch as much of it as I did because you were playing dad, not that I wasn't, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, what, what was your take on the whole thing? You know, it, and I love that you mentioned like the celebrity picker because it honestly, it added personality that NHL players don't have, and exactly. they were honestly driving it. I think honestly, my big takeaway from all of this good idea, but let's never go back to an arena again, put this in a room, a hmm. studio. Um, there, I feel like the moment got to a lot of the hockey players and they kind of got into their shell a little bit. I feel like if this was set up like a press conference and they did it that way, I feel like you would have got more back and forth and there was not a audience of, they, they said a couple times sold out. We'll see. But they said that I, was sold I, out. Yeah, they, it, I heard that a that couple times. Sold like, uh, it, the sold out crowd is eh, that, that was that's not kind of, <laughs> but it, it's, I feel like that kind of took away from the moment a little bit because on paper, this was a great idea. I like where this is going, but I just feel like put this in a room and maybe you'll get more personality out of the personalities that make up the NHL. I think this is a good starting point to mm -hmm. to reintroduce it obviously they did this before 
There was a lot of alcohol involved before, and and you know the NHL isn't going to go back to that. They're not; they can't be that league that just lets their players go crazy and just pound beers while they're doing a fantasy draft. They can do that in their own time. Um, but for this, I thought it. I mean, this is the way to do it. It really like. Yeah. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying like in this. You know, it's interesting how you brought up like the the not doing it in arena. I'm just saying a draft is the way to do it. Yeah. If you want to figure out where to do it, you know, different things to do, you can do that, but you got to start somewhere. So I thought mm-hmm. it was a, a really good start. And, and there are definitely things that that need to get brushed up on because I liked the layout. I liked how everything looked on the ice and how they had the players sitting on like benches. And then whenever um, team they got drafted to, they went over to that bench. <clears throat> and I'm sure it was told to the players before. But once you get out there, it's like, you know, when you do public speaking, it's like, you know, when when you and I've done it on this show where it's like, oh, I, I, I want to make sure I have a bullet point to say that. And then you forget to say it. So I think it's like uh, when the players went out, they all had their own podium. Nobody ever went to the podium. And that was like, you know, that's what you do when you're making a pick or, or if you're accepting an award or you're speaking from like you go up to the podium. <laughs> they were turned around. <laughs> They were facing there, there's a stage behind them and all of them would would when they make their pick because uh, Butchergrass was standing behind them. They turn around to him and like announce the pick to him. And you could tell a couple times he was like, don't look at me. Look that way, because the cameras wanted to catch them saying and the, you could see the camera angles were all crazy and out of whack because they weren't standing where they're supposed to. And I know they're not, you know, they're not actors or anything like that so they don't know where their mark is supposed to be but um that you got little things like that which which the setup was was right but they just would screw up on things like that because they're hockey players they just want to play hockey they don't care about the other stuff and i'll i'll tell you as somebody who's going to school for that kind of thing the sports Mm -hmm. casting and production side of things the podium that is literally what they're there for it has nothing to do with making the pick it is to give the camera a point of focus and keep mm-hmm. everybody corralled around those. So for that, it kind of worked. But then the more it went on, it, it you could tell that everybody was kind of, you know, getting kind of fidgety. And then everybody forgets where they are. So it kind of got out of control. But it kept them in their in their little camps, which was what they wanted production-wise. Yeah. But And that's, again, that's like why I would put it back in like a a one table press conference style because you mm-hmm. can keep it that way and it it doesn't get so lost and yeah. i another thing i would add on top of that they need to cut some of those mics quick yo i i even i even put up a tweet about that um every single place so there was there was like four three or four people on each team's you know little stage there Every single one of them had one of like those ear mics, every one of them, and they weren't cutting them. So you ha- you had co- like cross conversations going on all of the time. And it was, yeah. I think it got better. Whoever was doing like the pro- uh, producing, like I think they, they caught on to that and would, would, you know, it got better as it went on, but you don't need that. You don't need that. Put a, put a, a mic on the podium. Then they're forced to go to the podium and make the, the pick. And then, cause the other part of it is you had this like, talking and back and forth and then when it's time to make the pick 
Like you have to designate someone. You're the one who's going to be making the picks every time. And it would be like, well, who, all right, uh, that's our pick. Who, who wants to say it? You say it. No, you say it. You say it. You say it. It's like, yeah. just say the, the stupid yeah. name. Just say it. And it was just, again, they're not like, they don't do this on a regular basis, but um, you had stuff like that. The other thing with ESPN, right off the bat, and, and you know, this is classic ESPN, just screwing things up for the NHL. Uh, it was who's going to be the, the number one overall pick. And let's cut to Wayne Gretzky, who's got a video and and a card like they do with the uh, NH, the you know the the draft. Um, and and the video was was jacked up, and that was how it started. And it was a video where it was like rewinding and fast forwarding. You could see who he's holding, but I'm sure he was saying something. You got no audio out of it. You got a video that's rewinding and fast forwarding ten times. And then they were basically just like, oh, well, you saw it. it that, that, yep, it's uh, Team Matthews or whoever it was that had, uh, I think it was Team Hughes that had uh, the first round pick. So it's like, off to a good start, ESPN. Thanks. Yeah, yep. that's one of those things that would be easily addressed in a dry run and clearly was not done just under the assumption of, oh, we got it. We know it'll play. And until the heat of the moment, it did not. So that's uh, it's wonderful. That's And it's one of those things that you keep, you, you keep, the all-star game is honestly to bring in the fringe fans and it's a point like what are you competing with on a night like tonight when it comes to television you're not competing with a Uh lot so this is a good way to showcase the game and if you're fumbling things right out of the gate and like what we're talking about the hot mics like you don't want typical hockey talk being broadcast on television so Uh you kind of want like when i worked in radio every time there was a penalty called you would pull down the mics that were near the boards because you were going to have to dump whatever came out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you, you want the NHL to put their best foot forward. So you hope next year they clean up a little bit of this, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And I don't know. I didn't see a lot of people talking about this for me. And, and I, my cables is YouTube TV. That's, that's who mm-hmm. I use for my cable service. For me, uh, it was like somewhere in the second round of picks, just went straight to a commercial in the middle of a pick. And it showed about two commercials and then it came right back like they like nothing ever happened. And it was in the middle of a pick. I don't know. And, and that's not like, you know, I don't get like local cable subscription. I'm getting YouTube. So I didn't see anybody else talk about that. And that was just, I mean, it happened for, for 30 seconds, but still, it was just another another screw-up on somebody's end there. I don't know who's to blame for that, but it it happened. So Yeah, don't tell me oh. we all we all zoned out and we all missed that, too. <laughs> don't, yeah. We don't, already checked out the second that. round. Exactly. All right, uh, let's talk about Nathan McKinnon's team, who he picked, and then we'll get to our, uh, we'll finish up our mid-season grades with our defensemen. And Alexander Georgiev. So we will do all of that next. All right, let's hear from FanDuel and the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Happy Super Bowl to all those who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because if you're like Kyle and myself, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. And one thing that I, I, I guess I'm looking forward to it but not in the usual sense, Kyle, is a lot of people, you always get those people that tune into the Super Bowl for just the commercials. Mm. I just care about the commercials. 
I want to see some good commercials this year because I don't feel like the commercials have been good over the past five or six years. I agree. It's it's yeah. We need commercials. Good Super Bowl commercials again, please. Right. right. Don't dumb them. Don't dumb the humor down. Make them make them good and funny and and not bad. Puppy monkey That's baby part two. <laughs> Puppy yeah, <laughs> stuff like that exactly. Uh, and FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. And not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, so much more. Prop bet heaven over at FanDuel. New customers that join today, you can get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, so let's just look at... Uh... Oh, I do believe Chris is frozen. And I believe he's about to start talking about uh, Nathan McKinnon's selection amongst uh, the group of his peers and his his fantasy all-star team. That is exactly uh, what I was just going to do. Uh, give it all the hype you want because, I mean, we've all seen the infographics. I can't yeah. wait for you to list this team, and I want you to tell me why Nathan McKinnon – I think he just lost the heart with this draft. Oh, no, really? You, you think they're going to take this into consideration? Wow. I think it's right. going to be right down to the wire between him and Kucherov, and they're going to look back at this draft and they say, <laughs> I don't know if he's that valuable. Well, you got, obviously, Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr. His first pick, surprise to no one, was Sidney Crosby, who, a cute moment, he Crosby was not there. Um, so there was a, a, a little Sid that was there that skated up and took the jersey. It was kind of funny. Uh, and then he goes goalie with Alexander Georgiev, and then he stays in the division and gets Krill Caprice off. That was kind of fun. Then he goes Sebastian Ajo. He gets some um, some heft and Tom Wilson. I'm not happy about that one. Uh, backup goal, or not to say backup goalie, but his second goalie is Jeremy Swayman. And then he goes uh, for a little bit more muscle with Travis Konechny. Funny one with Elias Lindholm. So Lindholm changes teams again. Um, and then the the last pick is uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand from Seattle. And the last round, how they did it was just they had four guys. They all gave them like an envelope and they all opened it one at a time to reveal who was the, the team that they were on. So no feelings got hurt for being the very last pick. It was the last four picks. So and Bjorkstrand was is the last one that went on team McKinnon. I'm not crazy about the team. I got to be honest with you. Uh, and that's the other problem with this, Kyle, is so many guys went with their teammates the the team Matthews took all Maple Leafs. Team Hughes took all Canucks and Devils. <clears throat> and I had one person on Twitter was like, well, they didn't take Lindstrom. I'm like, okay, well, Lindstrom's been been a, a Canuck for 10 seconds. I'm not yeah. gonna count him. I don't like that. I don't like it. And and yeah, and, and McKinnon did took uh take uh, Georgiev. I think I that's gonna be a rule next year. What's that? I said he's got yeah. kale, so and he's already got kale. The, so, so all the Avalanche are together. All of the Maple Leafs are together. All of the the brother, the, the Hughes brothers, along with their teammates, are together. I think that's got to be a rule next year. Is you get to pick like one guy from your your team or something like something along those lines, because 
that kind of takes the fun of it away from me. I'm sorry, it does. Yep. And I, I, I agree. I think I'd go a step farther. I think once. Oh, hang on, you're you're buzzing now too. We're having great, great connection. There we go. Yeah. All right, we're good. I think we have to take it a step further. I think if it's like one team per, per all-star selection, like if it's Nathan McKinnon's team, no other avalanche, the end. He is our lone avalanche. And then you put them on other teams. That's where it gets fun. It could. I mean, th th that's, that's you know, really strict rules. But I'm sure they want to play with at least maybe one of their teammates if they could. But it's just crazy. It's, it's, it's a, that's not fun having all the, the Maple Leafs on the same team. They do that anyway. Yeah. So whatever. But it is what it is. As far as the, the McKinnon team, I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not super crazy about it. I, I yeah, you got him and and McCarr and Crosby. That McKinnon and Crosby would be fun to see. Kaprizov was with them last year. Aho is maybe the only guy that's their scorer. So you know when McKinnon's not out there. And maybe when I'm sure McKinnon and Crosby are going to play on a line together, and whoever their third is, if it's Kale. Kaprizov or Aho, after that you're, you're going to be struggling to score. You're going to be knocking guys out. But you're going to be struggling to score. Well, like, don't worry. They're not going to worry about scoring because they got your and Met. They're going to be knocked out in the first <laughs> round. They don't have to worry about playing deep. I know, I know. So I mean, and overall, it doesn't really matter. I know this is a fun thing, but um, it is. I feel an underwhelming team, if you ask me. Yeah, we'll I, I, I think I liked uh, Michael Bublé's team and the Hughes boys. I think that was probably the best team. It, of the night. I mean, it is a good team. I think, and I, I think McDavid has got a good team. A lot of people don't. There was someone that did like percentages, and he was like the lowest percent, or maybe Matthews was the lowest, and McDavid was the second lowest. But whatever, they were all pretty close anyway. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think I think McDavid's got a pretty good team. All right, let's dive in now to uh, finish up our midseason grades, defenseman and uh, Alexander Georgiev. Uh, we're going to start. We'll start right off at the top, sir. Why not? Get get Makar and Taves out of the way. Uh, which one? We're going to do Kale first? Let's do Kale. All right. What do you got for Mr. Makar? I, I, I really I feel like Kale is an A. Yeah. I know it'd be easy to say A+, plus, but no, he is an A. He's not. He doesn't hasn't had a we've talked about it on the show hasn't had that all hail kale moment he doesn't feel like he's a hundred percent yet so I'm going to give him a flat A but I mean he's he's flirting with the A plus absolutely I mean he's forty four games played uh, twelve goals forty six assists fifty eight points come on now that's that's for a defenseman like I, I think sometimes people are just expecting him to be ungodly night in and night out for the most part he is yeah maybe he hasn't had that all hail kale moment but those are special those are special moments that when they happen yeah you, you're like oh there it is but they don't it's just the nature of the sport it doesn't happen every single night but what he is doing is continuing to be the greatest defenseman in the league yeah and before everybody i hear everybody on youtube on their keyboard I'm only giving him a flat A because this is the first year I can remember watching Kale McCarr lapses. And you've never seen that before. Like it's usually we tout his hockey IQ, his defensive positioning, and he's made some bad hockey sure. moment decisions. And this is the first year it's been noticeable. It's why he's get an, he has an A, but my goodness, it's still Kale McCarr. So let's not 
lose our mind over that. It's a flat A, but he will be an A plus by the end of the year, and right. we're going to be relying on him in the playoffs. And then you know his line mate or, or pairing mate, whatever you want to call it, uh, Devon Taves. Uh, he he is fourth on the team in scoring. That's a little bit surprising to me because you know that, that's not his forte. I mean, he can score, but not at the clip of someone like Nathan McKinnon. But but the drop off is noticeable between yeah. you know Kale McCarr is at fifty eight points and he's third on the team in scoring. Devon Taves is fourth on the team in scoring and he's down to twenty nine. That's a huge drop off. And when you have your uh, two defensemen at three and four on your team in scoring, not typically what you want. But it's you know needed for now anyway, and Taves continues to just like Kale McCarr just continues to do what he's doing. So is Devon Taves. He's got an A from me as well. Yeah, and that's another flat A. He also he's playing really really well, and it's keep in mind this is off a brand new contract, so he's not relaxing into co- uh, cruise control. Mm-hmm. He's looking great. Like that's a a flat A line. Totally agree. Uh, all right, we got those two out of the way. Let's uh, just jump in a, a quick break here, and then we'll get to uh, the rest of the defenders and Mr. Alexander Georgiev. We'll do that next. All right, continuing with our midseason grades and our defensemen. Next up, we will do, let's see, Sammy G and... Eric Johnson. So out of those two, which one would you like to or, tackle here first? Oh, uh, Jack. Uh, let's or, go. What, with what, what did I say? Did I say Eric, Eric Johnson? Oh my God! I I, I it'll cannot, be Jack. I can't. I can't. I can't believe I said Eric Johnson. I let's, I just want him back here. I just it's we've done it back. for years. So please come back. Let's wow. Let's get Jack. Right. Let's get Jack out of the way because I feel like this is a quick conversation. Okay. What do you got? I feel like Jack. Has been C minus, almost D. Wow, what really? Why? Please go ahead. Um, somebody who we're not going to be giving a grade to because he hasn't <clears throat> played enough games. But Sam mm-hmm. Walensky is taking your job, and mm-hmm. it's usually if you can lose your job, that, that's that means you're not doing too good good at your job, and there has been. <clears throat> yes, he's been he's been serviceable. He's been great. He's been wonderful. He's a great presence out there. But the Avalanche can do better and are going to be doing better and will do better with a completely healthy 100% team. And he hasn't been a game changer. He hasn't had an oh my god moment. I mean, he never it's, does though. Yeah, never does though. That's, I don't. I don't need not... a pylon out there. You, you so, need a so... little bit. Go ahead. Go ahead. You just you, there's been stretches where you need a little bit of a help and a little bit of a push. And yes, he's there. And I'm not I'm not throwing him a D minus like F category trade him now, but this Avalanche team, there's been times they need to rely on somebody to just hold the fort and push. And he's not what he gives you is what he's going to give you. Right. And you just need a little bit more. And there's been times they needed anybody. And Malinsky could give you so much more. And I think that's where like the, the thing, the thing with Malinsky is like, you know, all that stuff that you were just saying about like what you want out of Jack Johnson is not what he gives you. 
and that's not what they're expecting him to give you. Malinsky, it's looking like he could potentially do that. You know, you're mm-hmm. saying like a guy that just needs like to a little bit of like a push. He's not out there when when they need that stuff. Like at the end of the game, like that's not his role. Again, you're and I I kind of agree with you in the fact that, that you know Malinsky is like coming for your job, and next year he will have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see how the rest of this season plays out. But for me, I never thought I'd say this, uh, and this might be the biggest discrepancy we've had in grades. Uh, Don't between do it. One player. I'm giving Jack Johnson a B plus right now. Oh yeah giving him a B plus. I think he has been great this year for what he does. I don't want to say he's great in comparison to the to the other defensemen on this team like a Kale McCarr or a Devon Taves. For what you need Jack Johnson to do, how many times in the past have we we just gone you know just just wanted to like rip our our hair out of our heads because he's 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 just making stupid decisions on defense. Uh, he's not doing that this year. I think he is playing very solid defense. He's got a pretty good slap shot when he leans into that. He doesn't get a, a lot of opportunities to rip that, but when he does, he's firing it on net. He's not there for his scoring. I am very happy with what Jack Johnson is doing this year. Again, next year probably won't be here. And because of what Sam Alinsky is doing, and Sam Alinsky is doing all those things that you said, and and that's that's what the Avalanche need from their defensemen. Jack Johnson doesn't give that to you all the time. Walensky can. So that guy that that can be out there and just another dangerous weapon is what Malinsky can do. Jack Johnson's not that. He's not that dangerous weapon, like you're like no. you're saying. I totally agree with you in there. But uh do I have confidence now when Jack Johnson's out there that he'll give you a solid shift of defense? Yeah, I do. And I did not think that was going to happen uh, when when they brought him back in. I'm happy with him. Very happy with him. Well, I really am looking. I'm really looking forward to the conversation uh, on this one. I, I, it might be in two camps. Maybe in two camps, people are probably going to agree with you, and there's going to be some people that agree with me. I don't know if anybody's like towing the line. But honestly, how many how many shows have we done following a game? Where we're like Jack Johnson doesn't know what the heck he's doing out there. It yeah. hasn't happened. Hasn't yet. happened this year. But but again, we're halfway this through is... the season, I'm fine with it yet. If it happens, it happens. It's happened somewhere in the 50th game of the year. I'm fine with that. But uh, I remember the losing streaks and where nothing was going right, and you needed a jolt, and you needed something else, and you know what you're getting out of Jack Johnson is it. Right. Yeah, so so if you need a jolt, why are you turn into Jack Johnson? Turn to Nathan Kinnon, turn to Miko Rantanen, turn to Cal McCart. Like those are the guys you're turning to. Jack Johnson, if you've got to turn to Jack Johnson, you're in trouble. Well, then why <laughs> you know I mean? why are we why do we have you out there? If you're managing the game. He is a, throughout the course of the game, you're out there to manage it to to be the third third line pairing for defensive pairing. That's why you're out there. End of, end of story. Period. You're not out there to do any. We're, you're not out there for us to rely on you. And again, I'm agreeing with you in the point where it's like, hey, looks like a guy that's coming up behind you uh, could be that guy in some capacity. So that'll be nice when that happens because now you're just that much more of a dangerous team. But for what they're getting out of Jack Johnson, just to manage the game for the 12 minutes he's out there, 13 minutes out there, zero complaints. Where I'm at, can't take yeah. it away from me. 
Don't try to change my mind. I won't. Okay. <laughs> Sammy G, there's another one. Um, what do you got for for Sammy so far this year? I, I feel like he is he's right on that line, but I'm giving him a C plus. Mm-hmm. He's been good. He hasn't been bad. He's been serviceable. He's been he's been just fine. And I think his his skill does not come up in the points total. Um, it's the drive. No. It's the uh, it's the transitions. It's keeping the play alive and pinning the puck in deep. So, I I, I like what he adds and his extra little wrinkle of defensive coverage. I I like Sammy G for that. So I'm giving him a C plus right on the line of a B minus. And I think it's what I'm going to give him a I'm going to give him the B minus. Okay. You know, and even taking into account him going into the player assistance program. Um, not that that factors into his grade or anything like that, but um, coming back from that, I thought he, he he's looked good. He, he again, he's a guy that great transition transition guy. Sure, mm-hmm. he's undersized. Uh, I like watching him play defense. I do too. I feel like he when 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 a uh, he's defending a guy and someone is is shifting and hockey stopping going the other direction, he sticks with them. He's yep. one of the best at doing that. His reaction time is is great in that capacity. So the scoring part of it, he's never been that guy. You know, he's pretty good with assists, which is funny that he doesn't have at least a few more goals because he does take a good amount of shots towards net for a, a defender, but they just never seem to get through traffic when it comes to his shots for whatever reason. But uh, I, I think he's, he's the Sam Girard of a couple years ago that everybody just – wanted to just rush out the door and I can understand why during that time period um, he's overcome that stuff. And, and I think he's been a, a really solid defenseman and what they've needed from him uh, for this season so far. So, and um, all the lock, the OG locked on avalanche fans, the everydayers that go back years, Sammy G mm-hmm. official player of the locked on podcast. That's right. <laughs> like he was the he favorite. Was, yep. He, he was, was the favorite. The guy. Yep. Um, uh, the last two here for the defense, Josh Manson, and we'll do Bo Byram as well. Uh, we'll start with, with Manson. I think he's been really good this year, Kyle. I, I do he's too. Been really good. I'm giving him a B minus. Okay. He's got 44 games played, six six goals, um, uh, eleven assists for 17 points. Let me open up his uh his player card even more because I wonder where those six goals stand for him as far as a uh, career high. So he had seven back in 17, 18, and that's his career high. So he's got six. So he's close to that. Yeah. He's giving you a little bit more of a scoring touch this year. He's playing really good defense. Would you give him a B minus? Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to go B plus hovering on a minus. I think he's been great this year defensively. Couple of I, mistakes with, with, with you know penalties, some untimely penalties by him. You can clean that stuff up, but from his defensive play, I think he's been great, and he's throwing in a little bit of offense here and there, which is awesome. And I, I the B minus, it, it was a weird start to the year. He finally got got in gear and has been great. It, like my only complaint with Manson, yes, he has great his defensive coverage is great. The plays he makes are great. But he's very uh, winner go home. Like the moves and decisions he makes, it's either going to land or it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. But they land more than they're a problem. But when they are, they're usually crucial and they're 
highlight reel as you're rewatching the goal scored on. There's Manson skating. So I give him the B minus there, but he's cleaned it up from the beginning of the year. He's become essential, and I, I love his play, and he'll probably finish the year with a much higher grade. Yeah, no, he's been uh, very committed to it this year, so uh, it's it's really nice to see. And then Bo Byram, good old Bo, uh, 41 games played, 6-6, six and six, 6 goals, 6 assists, 12 points for Mr. Bo Byram. What do you got here, man? This could be an interesting one. This is going to uh, a D plus. That bad, really? It's it's Bo has regressed when it comes mm. to. It's just and it's a regression coupled with bad, like the penalties. There was a stretch that it was every Dead, game yeah. a delay of penalty, like a delay of game penalty, and. For all the hype going into what is Bo going to do, what can he be? Can you imagine Kale and Bo on the same team? It's been a regression in every single facet of the game, and it's just not—it's not there. And you, I—I I fully believe he could take a step up, but for right now, at the midseason point, this has been a big time step back year for Bo and Byron. It's crazy because it—it seems like Bo has. Not taking the the spot of Sam Gerard of you know the the d- defenseman of the Colorado Avalanche that that is the, like the whipping boy for for the the Colorado Avalanche fan base, but he kind of has and and I think a lot of it has to do with uh, kind of like decision making and and play and there was you know a time early in the season where how I'm saying like I'm pretty confident with Jack Johnson out there you didn't have that with Bo it was just. He could give he could look amazing on a shift and then follow it up with like, what the heck was he thinking there? So, and I don't know if that was some of just like early season gotta work things out, which again, I don't jump to conclusions too early in a season. Uh, but he that that this roller coaster of a season that it was for the Avalanche earlier in the year seems to be continuing for Byram. I, I I still love the guy. I think he can pull himself yeah. out of this if he can just, you know, stay healthy and, and just play more consistently, which we've seen him do. So, I mean, the grade that I would give him right now, I'm in like the C minus, even C area because I don't think he's been God awful. But has he been what they expected him to be? Definitely not. And I even think he would he would tell you that. So it's kind of where I'm at with Bo Byron right now. I'm interested to see how the second half of the season goes for him. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he get his first goal in that Islanders game where they got the road record? I think that might have been. Remember, it, maybe it, okay. it's just yeah. a slow start, and then everything putting together has just been weird and not right. But again, I agree with you. Like you know, he can be better. Oh, sure. He's just gonna. He's just gonna figure it out. Yeah. So we'll see. One of the more interesting players I'm looking forward to watching, like I said, for the second half yeah. of the season. So. Uh, and then we'll wrap all this up with Mr. Alexander Georgiev. We're not going to do any other goalie because it's really not worth it because Krasvatov, I think, played in 10 or 11 games so far. You can't really grade him on that. This is all Georgiev. It's been a ride so far this year, Kyle. Uh, I don't know where you stand with him grade-wise, but what do you got? C, flat C. And I'm honestly, with you, man. I'm with and you. that – and there is no justifiable stat that says he should be a C. He should be a D. But the man, he gets in there, he'll let in three, then that's it. 
and the Avs have to work around that. It's I, it's the it's the most toxic relationship in the game of hockey, Yorgiev and the Colorado Avalanche. But he lets up and gives up, and the Avs work to make it work. It's terrible. It's a soap opera, but he's a C. Yeah, I mean, it's it. Some of it's on him. Some of it's on uh, the defense not playing well in front of him, and just you know letting the the opponent get forty shots on goal on him. Um, it it's it's not solely his fault this C, but some of it is obviously, yep. and it goes back to you know the, those shots that you you just how many times you're just watching a broadcast and someone's like, ah, oh, I bet he'd like to have that one back. We've heard that so many. How we're not hearing what the heck was Jack Johnson doing out there? We're hearing you, your would have loved to have that one back. So, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where it's just like you don't know what you're going to get from him, and every shot is an adventure. So he started off the season hot as can be, cooled off, and it has been a wild ride since then. And he he is right down the middle of a C because he he will. He will look Vesna-like in a game and then follow it up that he looks like he's, you know, an AHL backup. That's And I think the hot take, I think that's Nathan McKinnon drafted him in this all-star thing because he mm. knew nobody else would. It was It's almost like playing <laughs> Park League. It's like Park League basketball <laughs> when you, like, pick your brother and you're like, yeah. I know everybody else, he's my little brother, nobody's going to draft him. So you do him a favor. I think... Nate picked him because he didn't want him to be opening an envelope at the end of the broadcast. It would well the the way that it worked for the draft is y- you had to pick you had to have both of your goalies by the eighth round, so they were not gonna the 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 envelope thing couldn't have been a goalie. But I get what he, you're saying. It would have been interesting to see if he did not take him for McKinnon's team, who was gonna take him. I that that's I didn't even think about that of, of where he would have fell because that's an interesting. I mean, you have really good goalies in this thing. If it if it wasn't to McKinnon's team, the free fall might have happened. It would have. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Uh that will wrap it up for today, everybody. Fire away in the comments section with any of your grades. And uh what do you think of Team McKinnon? You think they're gonna do okay? Anybody that you wish that he did take other than Sidney Crosby, let us know. All right, that is gonna wrap it up. Uh, for the week, really. So we'll be back on, on Monday. We'll have a show for Monday. Like I said, I am going to that game in New York City for the Rangers, so we probably won't have a show on Tuesday. But we'll have one ready for you on Monday. And anything else that happens over the weekend, we'll be talking about it then. Until then, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. Enjoy the skills competition, the All-Star Game, if you can. And we'll be back on Monday. Go, Abs, go!